The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All righty, you hear that voice? Respect my game like Joe Namath. It's Ray Ellis Sports, and I'm Ray Ellis. Of course, uh, I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And, uh, man, we're talking about quarterbacks. They said, hey, respect my game like Joe Namath. Got a couple young men out there that uh, I think are going to be the subject of my show today. It's three young men in particular, probably going to be a fourth because, you know, I got to spend some time talking about, you know, one of my two favorite teams of all time, the Philadelphia Eagles. So we're going to talk a little bit about the dream team. But uh, we're going to first talk a little bit about, you know, TP, Terrell Pryor. I'm going to call him Richard Pryor. You know, that's a whole lot of respect. You want to call somebody Richard Pryor. Uh, you know, just bring joy to your heart. And that's what I think TP going to have a chance to do. Uh, but we also going to talk about the Manning brothers. Yes, the Manning brothers are both uh, on my mind today. So we're we going to discuss both Eli and Peyton, but uh, for two different reasons, you know, Um and I'll get to them. If you check out my Facebook, I don't know how many of you out there listen to the show that would like to be a friend with me on Facebook. Uh, I finally got to the point where I've started responding to those people that send in requests. And, and I'm sorry that I don't do it as much as I should. But there are very seldom times where somebody, you know, send me a friend request that I don't reciprocate and, of course, uh, uh, become friends with them. Um, I think at one time. I, you know, just can't be friends with everybody. And it's funny, my daughter kind of laughed at me one time because, you know, I said that was my status. Well, you can't be friends with everybody. Uh, I had to delete one particular person because they wanted to use, you know, my Facebook page uh, to to post their private agenda. And I don't have time for that. You know, it's cool if it's cool. But if it ain't cool, then, hey, not on my page. It won't happen. So anyway, uh, check me out. That's me. Uh, in the Eagles uniform, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I, I'm not the kind of person who ever bragged in my life about anything. Because I was always told that if indeed you are doing it, and Woody Hayes told me this, you don't have to brag about it. They pay people to write about it. They pay people to talk about it. So, but that's me on that Facebook page, that black and white picture. Playing against the Dallas Cowboys and putting somebody to sleep. That's all I'm going to say because I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on. But I want to talk a little bit about TP, Terrell Pryor. 
you know, of course, Terrell, you know, was a part of the, you know, of the supplemental draft. Uh, he was the only person that was drafted, drafted in the third round, picked up by the Raiders. And, uh, of course, shout out to Ramel. Uh, avid, avid Raider fan. Uh, boom, boom. Shout out to you too, man. I know you like them Raiders, so y'all kind of happy. Uh, I have to, I have to be consistent with what I've said about Terrell Pryor in the past and that I have not been convinced that he can make that money throw. But for some reason or another, I stopped to think about something. I had to go back in time and I had to go way back. Talk a little bit of Big Chuck and who the hand now for those of you out there. You know what I'm talking about. Let's go way back two decades and a half. And it took me to the fall of 1986, and I had a teammate by the name of Bernie Kozar. And, and in my mind, when I played against Bernie, uh, there were certain throws that I knew Bernie could make, and there's certain throws that I felt that, you know, Bernie could not make. But Bernie was an intelligent quarterback, and, and Bernie used his head. And, and when Bernie could make a throw, he made the throw. When Bernie couldn't make a throw, uh, he would do a check down or he would throw the ball away or, yeah, Bernie even tried to scramble a little bit whenever he could. But so I started to reassess and reevaluate Terrell a little bit different. And then a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, I was talking to Ryan McNeil and Ryan even brought up to the point about accuracy and touch. And, and those are two vital, important intangibles that of a, a quarterback, a very good quarterback, uh, you know, he has the ability to put a touch on a ball and, and to also to know what, you know, when to throw the ball with accuracy. And so if you keep those things in mind and you think about passes, you know, in the NFL, a wide receiver that averages 15 yards a catch, He's all world. So in the NFL, most throws are not that deep and that far and for that much yardage. It's usually the yak yards, you know, yards after catch uh, that makes that receiver extremely valuable because he has the ability to make people miss and he's got the kind of he got speed that he can separate. Uh, those kind of things are extremely important. But in looking at Terrell Pryor, and the attitude adjustment that I think he's made, because in my mind, and he's not on the football field, but the Terrell Pride that I've seen in the media the past few weeks has demonstrated a different type of persona as it relates to the individual. Uh, Terrell, if you watched him play when Ohio State played, you know, he was very monstrous. And, you know, if you look at the monster, when you look at his his animated, you know, he, you could tell what he felt as you the camera zoomed in on him in the games. And it was many times he would show his frustrations with his receivers. He would show his frustrations in the call. He would show his frustrations in the fact that they were going to go for it or not on fourth down. And those are the type of things that when you go to the next level, you, you've got to change. You, you don't carry that with you. You don't do that anymore. You mature and you understand that, okay, the game is, is not won or lost in one particular play, but there's, you know, a strategy about this and I'm going to go about it in such a way. And this is that I is the coach of which I'm going to do what's best for my team and not for the individual who may feel as if we need to go for it on this particular play or, or we shouldn't have, uh, you know, run the ball. We should have passed the ball. 
you know, we, we should have done something else. Uh, you don't, in the NFL, you don't see that very much, you know, regardless of what a young person feels about the play call, unlike the fans, uh, you don't see their frustration, uh, dis- on display. And so, with all that being said and done, um, I'm going to reassess Terrell's ability to be a successful quarterback in the National Football League. And unlike uh, when I first saw him on on the field at Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, I questioned, are you telling me this is the number one high school recruit in the country? You know, and he's a quarterback. And I'm looking at the way he throws, and I'm like, hold on. And then when he goes into his second year, I'm a little bit upset because I didn't feel as if they got a quarterback coach there that changed his throwing motion. I don't care how successful he was in high school and in Pop Warner. This is You're trying to get this young man ready for pro football because you know that's what he wants to do. He aspires to be a top quarterback in the National Football League, and I'm sure that was part of the conversation and the recruiting process when you talk to him that, we're going to get you ready. We're going to get you on the field. You're going to be a quarterback. You're going to be a good quarterback, and you're probably going to get a chance to play in the National Football League. So if that's the case, you need to get him all the tools he needs as necessary. Now, you can believe that Terrell Pryor, that you see the way he throws the ball, the last time you saw him on the field, when he reaches the National Football League, a component of that motion will be changed. The delivery will be so, is more of a push now and a soft push. It's going to be changed. It's going to be more velocity on that ball. You know, it's going to be uh, more strength in the throw. I mean, he's a big man and and, and has a, a strong arm. He can throw it a long ways. Uh, but he's got to get that ball out of his hands and into the receiver's hands uh, a lot quicker. And that motion of pushing is going to have to change because it's tele- telegraphic, which means that, um, you know, that people can read it which means there will be interceptions, and, and we don't want to have those. But I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that based upon the National Football League, yes, I would have done what the Raiders did. I would have taken him in that third round, and I would take a chance on him because this man is, is an athlete. There are some guys that play a sport where they play one position and can only play one position and can only excel at one position based upon their athletic ability. Now, I don't think that first-round draft picks should be projects. You know, that's why, I, you know, I Tim Tebow, I never said that I didn't believe, and I still don't believe that Tim Tebow is a first-round draft pick. You know, you're not playing with house money in the first round. You might be playing with house money you know, in the late rounds, but you you plan with your other teammates' money and management money and fan money in the first round. They don't want you guessing. They want you to be assured that this person is going to come in, be productive, contribute to this team, and take us to the next level if you draft them in the first round. Later on, okay, you could play with house money. You could take some guesses and things of that nature, Okay. A third round, you got a man that's six five, that's running a, a sub four four, who's an athlete, who's already demonstrated. Yeah, I can I can catch a ball. You know, in the red zone, I'm six five. I can I, I got hops. You know, so if I don't make it a quarterback, I possibly could be a wide receiver. 
I could be a tight end. You know, I, I could you could line me up in the slot. You could do whatever you want. I have abilities to play the game of football. You know, let, let's line me up, put me on the field. Because sometimes in football, when it comes to drafting, they always you hear them say, shout out to fish. You take the best athlete on the board. The best player on the board is what you take. And 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 Terrell Pryor in the third round of that supplemental draft was the best athlete on the board at the time. And the Raiders did the right thing. They picked him. And so I, I think Terrell's going to get a chance to go. He's going to play for the Raiders. Now, what, what, I, what I don't understand, this part of it, you know, it sounds to me like if this man has been suspended for the first five games, whoever drafted him, you know, you could be a second or third round draft pick in the draft and actually get cut. It, 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 it appears to me that this man has automatically made the team. It ain't about trying out. You know, it's, but you try. Everybody's supposed to try out. But it appears to me that if he's going to be suspended for the first five games, uh, he's already made this team. So he is going to be a Raider. Uh, I'll tell you what, I know it's, it's two minutes and, and till break, but I got my man Ron Dixon just joined me. Uh, Ron, of course, a former wide receiver for the New York Giants. Ron, how you doing? Hey, Ron, you there? Yeah, yeah, I am. I, uh, I, Swap calls on you. <laughs> All right, that's okay, man. Listen, I, I was uh, taking my time out to talk a little bit about Terrell Pryor, and uh -huh. so I'm gonna I'm do my thing about Terrell Pryor. I'm gonna finish it, and and then what we do, we gonna take a break, and you and I gonna come back. And I said that I'm gonna take time to talk about the Manning brothers, and and I, I'm I have to apologize because we might only have uh, you know a small segment to talk about that, but we're going to talk about it for a long time because I'm going to extend that little 15-minute okay. break. But we're going to take a break right now. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix and living like it matters. Got my man on the phone with me, Ron Dixon, former wide receiver for the New York Giants. And we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, 
you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Yeah, you hear that music, you know the show, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my good friend with me, Ron Dixon. Ron, of course, a former wide receiver for the New York Giants. And, of course, uh, I had Ron call because I-, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the New York Giants. And, and I said I was going to talk about the Manning brothers, but this particular segment, we're going to talk about Eli. Ron, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you making it? I'm making it, man. Listen, Ron, I, I, I got a question. I want to ask somebody who's been there, done that, know a little bit about the Giants, the atmosphere, the organization, and, of course, played the game at the highest level. You know, Eli makes a statement, and, and basically, just paraphrasing, Eli's like, man, yeah, I'm, I'm, a Tom, I'm in that Tom Brady category. You know, what? come on, I'm a pro quarterback. I've been to the Super Bowl. I've won the Super Bowl. And as a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, I beat Tom Brady. Now, my question to you, and again, it's one of those things where I know sometimes because of, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears over the years, you got to go with the Giants. But in your mind, if you're just a fan and you're looking, now, let me just say this. I believe last year the three Pro Bowl quarterbacks that came out of the NFC that were represented was, of course, Michael Vick, Matt Ryan, and Drew Brees. Now, when I go over to uh, the AFC and the quarterbacks that were represented in the AFC was Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, and Peyton Manning. Now, Eli was not there last year. But in your mind, according to what Eli is saying, hey, I'm a, I'm, yeah, I'm in, that category, I'm in that conversation when you're talking about Tom Brady. Is Eli in that conversation, if you're having that conversation with some of the fellas sitting around, is Eli in that conversation with Tom Brady on the same level? Well, I'm going to start by saying this. I do think he's a quality quarterback, but you have to go by how they, how they, uh, how they gauge people's defense now. They, you know, they do it with the championships. You know, oh, he got two, he got two championships, so he has to be one of the best. You know, so if you're going by that, he has one, his brother has one, so you have to put him in that category. You know, as far as him saying it to people, I mean, what would you expect him to say? Oh, no, I don't think I'm really that good or, you know, I'm not in the conversation with those type guys. I, I commend him for what he said. I'm sure he believes it. And to answer your question, I do think he's a quality guy and first-game quarterback. Okay, let's 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 put it a different way. You you're a general manager. You know, you're looking at today's quarterbacks that's in the National Football League, and I don't want to call it fantasy football, but let's call it fantasy football. You know, uh-huh. you you got a chance to pick a quarterback. And, and, and it's 32 teams in the league. How long is Tom Brady going to stay on the board? And how fast are you going to get to Eli Manning? Well, I mean, when you put it like that, he, he'll, be, he'll be around a little while waiting on me to pick him. 
you know, because you gotta go, you gotta go with Brady because what his quality of work. Well, let's um, not. But let's do this. Let's let, let's do this, Ron. Let's not look at what he has, although that's the way it is. But but uh-huh. see, but but it's a little okay. different. It's a little yeah, different. Zero, zero playing field. That's exactly right. And they, see, zero it, playing field. Okay. And you don't have any receivers. You just got you. You starting your new team. You don't have any receivers. You just got a quarterback, and you know what kind of quarterback Eli is, and you know what kind of quarterback the rest of the quarterbacks in the National Football yeah. League. How long does Tom Brady stay on that board? How, is, is he your well, in your top five? Your top two? Top one? Well, you know, he. I think he still comes off quick. You know, um, giving some of his abilities. I mean, he's not going to scramble and get you anything, but I don't think Eli is going to do that either. Um, I think both. So I think that uh, a guy um, Brady manages the game a lot better than uh, Eli does. You know, but like I said, I do think he's a quality quarterback. And it, it's when you're trying to answer questions like this, it, it's kind of tough. You know, because you have in the back of the mind, in, in the back of your mind, everything you've seen. You know, and every, all of the accomplishments and where we rank Tom Brady and Manning and things like that. So. It's kind of tough. Well, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm glad you said it's a tough question because, uh, you know, that's what he was faced with when the man asked him something. You know, it's like, you know, I'm supposed to be the leader of my football team, and, and I may have to play against Tom Brady. And the last thing I want to have on record is for some, you know, sports commentator, you know, to, to be interviewing me and ask yeah. me about, you know, how I compare to Tom Brady. And, and I don't stand up and say that I'm certainly in the conversation, maybe better. He may be better than me. He's been playing a little longer than I have, but... You know, hell, I ain't afraid of time. Bring him home. You know, it's almost yeah. like a, it's almost like a boxer, and you know, you sitting up talking about somebody else, and and, and you think Muhammad Ali gonna back down to anybody? You know? Yeah, you're right. You know, but, you know, you know. In today's media, he, either way he answered that question, somebody is gonna kill him for it. You know, he answered it with confidence and the way you think he should answer it. If he'd have said, "Well, no, I don't think I'm in that at that level. I'm working towards it," somebody had to say had something to say about that. And I agree. I, I agree with you. It, it, it was a situation, and and many times, you know, you know, players find themselves in a position where they have to answer that question. It's kind of a two-edged sword. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna get cut one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Sometimes you just can't win. That, that's exactly right. But but I, I will tell you this, man. Um, I think it's one of the greatest plays that ever, 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 ever existed in any sport. When you put up the greatest plays ever because of what was on the line at the time, one of those plays has to be Eli Manning in the Super Bowl throwing that pass. Ain't no oh, doubt yeah. ain't no doubt in my mind, you know. And so, you know, there's some intangibles that you gotta add to the equation when you assessing and evaluating who's the best. And and I'm gonna tell you you know, it ain't too many fights. You know, it's so funny because they always show, show these little home videos of, of uh, Eli and Peyton. And, and Peyton used to pick on Eli a lot, you know, it appears. And, uh-huh. and, and maybe bring in the tears. But I'm going to tell you what. I would, man, I'd, I'd, I'd want to go to, you know, I'd go let Eli take a knife to a gunfight because he liked that. He like, yeah. I don't care. I, you know, I'm yeah. fighting. You know, you, you ain't going you ain't that much better than me. You know, you, you certainly ain't going to get me to say it. Uh, yeah. And I think I can beat anybody. You know, that's that's well, the kind of attitude. He, he showed that once they had a head-to-head battle. You know, he showed. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Glorious. You know, one thing you can't say about him, he's a champion. Well, a few things you can say about him. And when the pressure was on, he stood up and he made the big-time play. He showed us his capability. 
uh, kept his head looking downfield and, and delivered a, a perfect pass. Well, perfect, pe- perfect pass, perfect catch. You know, uh, they were sacking uh, Brady all night long. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about it, like what you're talking about, of course, is that Super Bowl that was out here in Phoenix is, you know, I think what people also have to stop and think about is what was on the line. It wasn't just a Super Bowl championship. It was that you would be the best football team in the history of the game because the Patriots would have been undefeated in an 18 game season. A 16-game season of which they would have eclipsed that that great undefeated season by the Miami Dolphins. So, at his greatest moment on the biggest stage ever in pro football, Eli beat a person that now people are asking him if he's even in the conversation with that man. So, I don't know how you can't say that. Yeah. That's almost like I said, I'm going to go back to boxing. You know, if you get in the ring on the same day at the same time and you in the ring with the best... And you beat the best, you become the best until you fight again, until or unless right. somebody else takes that crown, you know. You're right. And, You're right. And, he should have answered the question uh, like this: well, Would it matter when it was all on the line and we both faced each other? I came out the winner. Bottom, I came out victorious. Bottom, bottom line. line. That's and about you read into that how you want to read into that. That's how you should answer the question. That's right, man. And 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 he said, "Listen, man, I, I don't know why anybody's asking the question. You watch the game, I'm sure, right?" And so, I mean, why waste my time to answer a question that's already been answered? It's been written. History will show you what I did when it was that when it was time to do that. And that's what people always look for. They look for, okay, well, what did they do when they went head to head? You know, we always talk about this in a sense of, you know, who's the greatest of all times. And it's kind of hard to do that, you know, when you got, you know, you got Barry Sanders playing in one generation. You got Jim Brown playing in another. You got Eric Dixon playing another. You got Marcus Allen, Tony Dorsett, you know, Adrian Peterson. You know, it's kind of hard to say, you know, but when they get a chance to go head to head, it's that head to head performance that you want to take a look at and see how the ball rolls. So, you know, they always trying to pick out who the greatest or the next best or the next Michael Jordan or the next this or that. You know, uh, they kind of, you know, they get caught up by that part of it instead of just watching the game and enjoying it. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I got a chance to watch the game a little bit last night, and I thought the Giants did extremely well. Of course, they lost their starting cornerback, and, uh-huh. you know, that those are one of those things that I, I think is it's just hard to – for people to understand uh, when an athlete goes out and and it's actually it's every play we always say this you know each any play can be your last play yeah uh, uh particularly of a season and we hope it's not of a career uh but but last night knowing that the giants lost one of their starting cornerbacks uh how how do you think that's going to affect them going into that uh that that, that division that nfc east well somebody got to step up and make some plays you know, that's why you have second and third string. Somebody who you feel could be, could come in there and make some plays. I think they're, uh, the first round draft pick, he was corner who didn't, uh, he ended up getting hurt, right? That's exactly right. Yep, he's out, right. And he's out to, like, October or November, something like that, if he comes back. Right. Um, like I say, man, it's just one of those situations that, you know, maybe if the, uh, second string or third string corner is a little weaker, they kind of come up with some schemes to kind of mask that, uh, if possible, but, you know, people get hurt, and other people step up and become superstars. So, well, Ron, let's think. Of, let's think about it like this. I mean, you know how important they say the quarterback is to the game. I always say, well, if the quarterback's important to the game, that means that the wide receivers must be damn important as well. But, mm-hmm. but on the other side of that ball, 
it's the cornerback's responsibility to kind of shut down the quarterback and the wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, do you think cornerbacks in the National Football League actually get the respect that they deserve uh, in this pass-happy league right now? Well, I think a lot of them do. You know, with um, my guy who just went to Philadelphia, I'm not even going to attempt to say his name. Uh, out of respect for him, I don't want to mangle it. <laughs> I ain't going to mess sure it up right. either, but we know what you're talking about. That's right. Uh, you know, they give him much respect, you know, and you see with Revis and other guys are coming along and, um, you know, I think, like you said, it's a pass happy league and these are the guys who are making all the big time plays and, in front of the camera. Well, let me ask you this. A wide receiver, obviously you've been a wide receiver in the National Football League. Understanding, I, I just talked about Eli and, and how he protected, uh, let's say, himself uh, as it related to uh, his ability to compete against somebody else or his talent compared to that other person. You know, I think wide receivers have to be uh, some of the most confident individuals that ever step on any court, or any field, in any arena, of any in any uh, field of competition. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. What do you feel about that in terms of the level of confidence that a receiver must have to be successful in the National Football League? I mean, I think that being a professional athlete, period, you have to have a certain bit of confidence just to be out there on the field with those guys. You know, because like they say, it's ninety percent mental, ten percent physical, and like if you don't have that confidence, somebody talk you at your game, you'll be rattled the whole. You might be through for the season, for the year. You know, it might scar you for life, but you have to be confident. Like, for example, me growing up here in Florida, that's how I was taught to play. Mm. You know, from a young boy, talking to the other person. Not to be cocky and arrogant, it's just, this is the, you know, I'm trying to get into his head. So I know if I get into his head, now he, he having a problem with me. He's out of his game. You know, so I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, and then again, some of these they call them the prima donnas. They just, and then I think it's, it's a lot more receivers that are in high school. You know, I think there's some more um, more players try to line up for that position. So I think people tend to be a, a little extra. I don't know. I'm, I'm shooting here. Oh, no, no, but you, you, but you, you're right on because I know I, I played both receiver and, and, and DB corner and then later safety too. And, uh, you, you hitting it out the ballpark on that one, man. But listen, we got to take a break. I hear a little music in the background. We're going to come back. Of course, my man Ron Dixon going to come back with us. We're going to keep talking a little bit about the Giants, but I got my man Henry Clay out of Philadelphia going to bring us a little report. I believe there was an earthquake on the East Coast. Wow. This is Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
spies are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The opening kickoff is a beauty. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Back to this real sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll tell you one thing. I'm glad I'm not on the East Coast, particularly in Philadelphia, because I heard that there was an earthquake. I got my man, of course, on the phone with us now, Henry Clay. Henry, is that is that true? There was an earthquake? There was an earthquake, uh, one of the most powerful ones of recent years on the entire East Coast. Uh, it was felt as far south as Atlanta. Uh, the epicenter was somewhere just west of our nation's capital, near the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. Uh, we were in the Philadelphia Eagles locker room, and the lights started flickering, and it went all the way up. Uh, we've had reports uh, as far as things being heard in uh, Felt, in the Boston area. Um, everybody's waiting now. The data is being... Um, you know, uh, compiled from all up and down the East Coast just to find out. As of now, uh, I'd like to report there's been no injuries reported and no major damage. Some places had some windows fall out or break and things of that nature, but no major things as of now. Of course, everybody's preparing for possible uh, aftershocks which generally come with an earthquake of this uh, intensity. Yeah, you know, because, uh, I mean, you're on the East Coast there. There's some, there's some bridges uh, up and down that East Coast where perhaps maybe uh, uh, there would be uh, some concern about if the bridges were constructed to, uh, to handle an earthquake of that magnitude, of which they normally don't have on, on the East Coast, as well as uh, there's some structures. I mean, I don't know if our stadiums, I mean, we know what happened, you know, back in the 80s at, uh, at, at, uh, out there in San Francisco. So, uh, I don't even know if our stadiums are like that. As a matter of fact, I believe, uh, you're, you're at the, par- at the park now. Am I right, Henry? I am at the park. Uh, there are secure, uh, security 
and uh, a lot of the building people around out the area, the building itself has been fully checked for any damage. Now they're checking the perimeter, parking lots, etc. Well, you know, we have the one bridge, uh, which is one of the main bridges into the South Jersey, which is just outside of the ballpark here, as you very well know. Correct. So uh, all precautions are being ta- uh, being taken for the rush hour, which is just beginning, because it is close to five o'clock here on the East Coast. Uh, and, but a lot of places closed earlier to let people get home to see if they, in fact, had any damage or if there would be any uh, further uh, shocks later this afternoon. Yeah, you know, what's interesting, I think uh, uh, the Phillies actually play tonight, am I correct? I'm sorry? The Phillies are playing tonight, am I correct? The Phillies are playing the second game of a three-game set with the uh, New York Metropolitans. They won game one last night, 10 to nothing, which was basically a no contest. The... uh, the Mets uh, have injuries uh, on top of injuries, and basically uh, they've begun the uh, you just play the string out, go home, and regroup for 2012. <laughs> I'm sure those Mets fans don't like that approach, but I'll tell you this, Henry. I think I'd be a little bit concerned uh, if I were those people there uh, at the ballpark because, you know, it, it, the results of that earthquake may not really show itself until that stadium is filled with people and it may be a structure that may have been weakened a little bit if when nobody's in the stands doesn't make a difference but when somebody's in the stands it might make a difference but we're gonna get we're gonna leave that alone we're not gonna talk about earthquakes anymore what we are going to talk about is the dream team and i know they probably wish the dream team would kind of go away but but we were on the conversation before you called and and of course uh, i have on with me too uh ron dixon former wide receiver uh, with the Giants and we're talking about uh, you know confidence in a quarterback and particularly Eli Manning and the way he's he responded to the question of if he's in the conversation uh, with Tom Brady uh, I think now for some reason after one preseason game uh, there's starting to be questions about our quarterback and if indeed you know Michael Vick you know was just a uh, uh, a one season wonder which i think they forget that michael vick was the highest paid you know player in the game before he had those problems which means michael vick is a proven player uh but the question now is coming up can michael vick lead this team uh michael's confidence hasn't been uh you know shaken in any way after one preseason game hasn't henry no i and i uh, whoever's putting that out uh, I'm sure it's on some of these blogs somewhere or, or some of these uh, talk shows where things are made up. One, the first preseason game that Michael Vick participated in was across the street at Lincoln Financial Field, and he was in for eight plays. Uh, that's not way to say a season's done. Uh, the second game, which was played against the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers out in Pittsburgh, uh, he played uh, the first quarter uh, and part of the second quarter again. And you, everybody has to realize that Pittsburgh Steelers have one of the best defenses in the National Football League. So to, to uh, gauge those two games, I think it's very unfair to Michael. I'm sure that you're going to see much more this weekend when the Eagles host the Cleveland Browns again right across the street. Um, and I think you've 
Andy said earlier today before, uh, shall we say, all hell broke loose, um, he talked to us. He said Mike Patterson was playing. He said the whole first unit on both offense and defense would see action end of the third quarter. Uh, so I think we'll get to see a lot more uh, of Michael Vick and uh, with his rookie receivers. Uh, Jerry Macklin will not play. He is here. He will not play, Andy said. Um, but I'm sure that uh, Deshaun Jackson will strut his stuff because uh, right now, and they won't admit it, but I'm sure everybody is has it on the back of their mind that he's going to ask for some of the same big bucks that Larry Fitzgerald got out in your ne- got out in your neck of the woods. What was it, 120 million he got? Uh, That's right. Deshaun- That's right. Well, let me ask you something. Okay, now here's the thing about it. Uh, you know, just as you mentioned that Deshaun, of course, is expecting a nice paycheck, and Deshaun is probably happy that uh, Larry Fitzgerald signed uh, prior to the Eagles uh, giving him a nice payday uh, because he has now he has something to measure. Uh, but also in that same conversation, you know, Michael Vick finds himself in that conversation as well uh, because uh, Mike's performance. Uh, has already shown that he deserves a better paycheck than he's taken home currently. Uh, but now the bar has been raised. So I think Michael's pretty happy about the Larry Fitzgerald signing as well. Do you think, do you think because those two, you know, the success they have together is going to determine the paychecks? Is that going to cause any friction in your mind? And I'm going to turn that question to Ron Ron Dixon. Ron's on the line with us. Ron, do you think that could create some type of, uh, you know, problems between quarterback and receiver knowing what's on the line uh, during this time? I don't think so because, you know, they work together. You know, for one to be successful, the other one has to be successful. You know, so I don't think I, I think it's a great bargaining chip because if they both play well, the services are going to be in high demand. It's going to go to get their pockets to get their money out. You know, it's only right. You know, play our players' contract. You know, they sometimes they ask players to take players to take I'll say get their money. Hey, hey, Ron, you're Brian, you're breaking up just a little bit. I'm going to ask perhaps maybe you might have to change your locations. Hey, Henry, let me ask you something. Uh, did that question come up at all in any of the press conversations about the fact that here are two guys, one the quarterback, the other receiver, uh, you know, right in the midst of contract, uh, you know, perhaps maybe extensions, and Deshaun might be looking for, for Mike to throw him the ball a little bit more than he's throwing it to anybody else. Uh, you, you see any problems there? No, I don't think so, and I'm sure that and it could be going on as we speak. Uh, Andy had said that he had some meetings with the players scheduled. Of course, everything was pushed back. Uh, the building was evacuated for about an hour. There were many buildings all up and down the, not only football buildings, but a lot of offices and what have you, all up and down the East Coast were evacuated and people were uh, out for about an hour. Uh, and he did say he was going to talk to some of his players on some things one-on-one. That might be one of the issues. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I certainly know, you and I talked about it before, Henry, that, uh, you know, there was a... Uh, 
a couple damn good receivers with the Philadelphia Eagles when I played. Of course, uh, that was Harold Carmichael and Mike Quick uh, were actually, uh, and I think Harold, of course, retired and, and went on. I think he's, we sent him, we shipped him down to the Dallas Cowboys, and, and Mike became the heir apparent, and uh, of course, uh, found his way into uh, superstardism. Uh, but when you have a couple very good wide receivers, I mean. You know, the San Diego Chargers always re- is the team that reminds me of having multiples of, of very good receivers and they're able to spread the ball around. Uh, I, I'm just I'm hoping that that now Mike has a, a couple damn good receivers. Of course, if, uh, Jerry Macklin is able to recover and get back on the field. And I, and I hope that uh, uh, that DJack is mature enough uh, to the point where uh, the amount of receptions that he gets uh, is not going to affect the relationship or an attitude, and I don't think that. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there with him and Mike because Mike's got to worry about winning the game and not about your contract. Yeah, that is correct. When the uh, uh, when the whistle blows, and the way this team is run, uh, the whistle blows for the fans to see at one o'clock on Sunday. But when they walk out of that uh, mock game on Friday. That's when the whistle blows for the players. I think all of those things go right out the window. Um, and I think that uh, the the way that Andy runs his team, I would I would think that probably just before or just after the bye week, you will go in one Wednesday and let's say we've got some announcements after Andy. Uh, and they will bring in Deshaun Jackson. They will bring in um, Michael Vick and say, okay, we have uh, extended their contracts, but his club policy always goes. We will not uh, divulge the extension years, the extension amount of money, and 15 minutes on one of those red zone uh, websites. Wow. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, Henry, we're going to have to take a break. I want to thank you for joining us as always. That was our great friend. Henry Clay out of Philadelphia giving it to us the way it is in the city of brotherly love. I want you to hold on with me, Ron, because we're going to come back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Oh yeah, we're back listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a matters. Got my man Ron Dixon, former wide receiver with the New York Giants with me. We're going to finish out this show. At the beginning of the show, I told you there were three quarterbacks that I wanted to talk about. I, of course, brought a couple others in there with, with my man Michael Vick. Uh, Henry Clay providing some insight from us from out there, but what's going on in the city of brotherly love. I want you to know the feedback you guys are getting. You're getting that because, of course, Ron Dixon is in Orlando, and and I believe there's a hurricane or something that may be kind of come through there. So I, I appreciate the fact that he's just on the phone with us. Uh, but Ron, I, I want to close this show by by putting this question out there, and 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 there's a question right now about the health of Peyton Manning. And, and, and Peyton, of course, the brother of Eli Manning, and uh, been a great quarterback, probably deserves to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But you know as a, a former player, I know as a former player, and all those former players out there that are listening and that have been watching what's going on, there's one very mysterious thing that happened here in the offseason that has us a little bit like Arsenio Hall, kind of make you want to go, hmm. <laughs> and, and that is how can... A quarterback with an injury as serious as Peyton Manning's injury is, I think it's his second neck operation. He had the operation in May. I thought he should have had it earlier than that. It's to the point where he hasn't recovered yet. He, I don't think he's made it back onto the practice field yet. Now they're not, they're concerned about if he's going to be ready for the first season of the game. And yet and still, you signed this man to a contract that made him the highest paid player in the National Football League. Now, most of the time, we know that once you're damaged goods, you're, you're damaged. You're done. It's over with. I'm sorry. You're a commodity. You have no value to the National Football League anymore. How does he get a pass for one in the media? And then how does he get that paycheck? I just don't, I don't understand that. I mean, you know, he's a poster boy for the NFL. He's over all the commercials. And, you know, uh, I think and I'm not hating. I'm not hating on Peyton. That, I want everybody to know that because I want the players to get all the money they can. But historically, if you get banged up, shout out to my man Byron Evans, one of the greatest linebackers ever played for the Philadelphia Eagles in his last year. Boom, an injury takes him out, you know, and he, he don't get that big paycheck. But go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you. I wanted to throw that in. I'm not hating on Peyton. You're not hating. You're just pointing out some, some issues, some facts you want to discuss. That's it. That's it, bro. Um, you know, him being the poster boy, that's number one. Number two, do you want to cause a problem prolonging uh, his negotiation, you know, possibly causing disturbance inside the locker room and the media and all those questions? Why not just get that out of the way so that's not an issue? So we're just dealing with the neck instead of the neck and the contract. You know, that's probably the only thing I can think of. Well, you know, and here's the thing about what we talk about the contract because you know it's about the money. The bottom line is all about the money in the National Football League. Listen, man, you had some of the greatest quarterbacks. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to throw one of the greatest of all times out there is, uh, you know, Joe Montana. You know, Joe Montana ends up out of 
the San Francisco 49ers. Joe Montana should have retired as a 49er. I don't care if Steve Young comes in and another Hall of Fame. Okay, so they don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback in waiting in Indianapolis. They got rid of Joe Montana. You know, you know, John Unitas, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He didn't finish his career with the Baltimore Colts. You know, Warren Moon didn't start his career, you know, in Houston. He had to go to Canada to get a career started, you know. So, you know, Brett Favre, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks, you know, hey, he ended up, they, they let him go in Green Bay, shipped him off someplace else, you know. So my point is, I, all these guys have been poster boys. But you don't get two passes. I'm not the only person in the media that understands that this man, and as a matter of fact, this man's injury is so bad, and, and so all you will know, I retired from a neck injury, okay? This man's injury is so bad that they said he can't return to the field at 80%. It's the thing where if he's not 100%, he's not returning to the field. Well, I'm here to say this, and you probably can, you know, confirm this. I, I doubt other than the first game or, or let's say the first practice, if there's an National Football League player, that's 100 percent. Something yeah. is always banged up on you. So they're saying that unless he's 100 percent, they don't re return. They don't want him to return to the practice field or to play because, you know, he could re-injure himself. To me, that sounds like a career ending injury. I don't know, but that's what that sounds like to me. I didn't realize it was that significant, but, you know, they they don't want him to get away from. If he was able to come back, they don't want him to leave the Colts, period. Even when his football career is over, they want him to be, you know, uh, locked in with the Colts because they're still going to be able to get some money some kind of way, you know. So I think that has a lot to do with it. They want him to be a Colt forever. Yeah, I think he. I think to that organization, he has tremendous value. He, he like Johnny Unitas. you know, is, is a pitcher. You know, John Mackey, you know, when you think about the Colts, you know, you think about Peyton Manning. Uh, you think about uh, John Unitas. You think about, you know, Mackey, the tight end, you know. Uh, God bless his soul, you know, fought for us, the founder of the Players Association of our union, you know, first president of the union. You know, you think about all those things. But, uh, you know, again, my point is that I understand that if you want to give him the John Elway job. You know, John Elway is the face of the Denver Broncos, always will be, you know. But the fact of the matter is, you know, the league has not been a league that has compensated you for what you did lately if you can't do anything in the future. You know, yeah. they don't compensate you for past performances if you can't continue consistently to perform. Now, he's been able to do that. But you and I know it only takes one injury. And, yeah. and I, I, if you just look at, you know, Peyton's disposition, I think the way he stands, it's pretty obvious there's something wrong with his neck anyway. If you just, next time you see him, just watch him. And yeah. I, I think it's kind of obvious he's got a neck problem. And, 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 and the, the throwing of a football, I mean, it, with the force that you throw a football, your neck is involved in every single throw. So I understand why they're saying that the time is going to take for the just the healing process, and he could re-aggravate it by going out there, which is why I don't understand what was the rush to give him the big paycheck if he's not going to be around to go ahead and play, pay, I mean, earn that money that he's being paid. I want him to be there, 
You know, it ain't about the records. I just think Peyton's a de- one of the best. Qu- I take him as one of my top ten quarterbacks, top five. I got to think about him. But, hell, yeah, I take Peyton in a minute. <laughs> so I, I, I'm just wondering, you know, the, I know it's a double standard at times, but we don't need to keep giving out passes anymore. You know, it, 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 it's it big boy puzzling. league. It's puzzling. You just have to look like you say, look at it and say, hmm. Well, Ron, listen, man, I want to thank you, man, for joining me. Of course, uh, I want all you to know that, of course, Ron Dixon will also be having his show here on Voice America Sports in a few weeks. But uh, in the meantime, Ron, you're welcome to join me anytime. I'll be on the phone giving you a call. So enjoy the rest of the day. Hey, that hurricane, man, I've been struck by lightning twice. You better, you better go for cover. Go for cover. I'll do it now as we speak. All right, man. Take care now. Talk to you later. Bye. Now, I really appreciated my time here on Voice America Sports. Uh, of course, I want to thank my guest, Henry Clay. Uh, you know, great man out there covering the sports of the Philadelphia Eagles and the entire NFC and, and the country, uh, to be honest. And, of course, Ron Dixon, former wide receiver for the New York Giants. All right. You've been listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And it's my time. So I got to go. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. On the count of three, everybody run back to your fantasy. Now go, 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 And on the count of three, go, 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 go. And on the count of three, go, 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 go. And on the count of three, everybody run back to your fantasy. Now she was Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.